You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Cade Young. And I'm Ruth Flegman. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Later in the program, WFHB News correspondents Cade Young and Catherine Ann Alexandria Lewis speak with Monroe County Election Supervisor Karen Wheeler, several voters, and a poll worker in light of Election Day. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half an hour, the latest episode of Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. In today's feature report, WFHB news correspondents Cade Young and Catherine Ann Alexandria Lewis spoke with Monroe County Election Supervisor Karen Wheeler about the voting process on Election Day. We turn now to that interview. Okay, so to start off, um, during last week's election board meeting, um, you shared that early voting numbers were down at that point. And I was just wondering, by the end of early voting yesterday, how would you sort of rate uh, the early voting turnout? Still low. We had from Friday, Saturday, and Monday, we did much better, um, but we ended up with 14,064 in twenty. 20, no, excuse me, 2018, which is the midterm, and uh, we were at over 21,000. So, what's that, 7,000 or so difference? What do you expect uh, voter turnout to be uh, on election day, and uh, how does it compare to previous election cycles, in your opinion? Today, we're at 17,939 at this time. That is at the, a poll, poll site. Still seems, well, you just never know what's going to happen in the last few minutes. So we've exceeded early voting. And in the past, you know, it's been pretty close. Early voting, sometimes early voting could even run a little bit higher. Definitely people have been voting more early than, I mean, every year it seems like they vote early. I get more voters at early voting than I did the previous year. It looks like that's not going to turn out this year. So we're going to have more at Election Day. Which we we probably still do have that, but the, the margin's pretty slim. But this one's going to be bigger. I see. I see. Well, thank you for walking us through that. And I have a question that's just a little more uh, general. In your opinion, why do you think the voting process is important? I do think that everyone's vote is important. And no matter where you stand on issues or policies or whatever you're voting for, that it's important that the community, the voters, get involved and express their, their opinion, whether it's the same as mine or not. It's the process, and 
I just think everyone should vote. Absolutely. And um, how informed do you think the average voter is? Some are very informed. They do a lot of research. And then there's others that really are surprised who's on their ballot. So you really get the spectrum of not very informed to very detailed. So I always like to think people are doing their due diligence and knowing who they're voting for, but does that really turn out that way? Um, I hope so. You know, in that same vein, what advice would you give to a voter to prepare them for who will be on the ballot? Like what research uh, should voters do ahead of time? I think it'd be really important to go to indianavoters.com and check the registration to make sure they are registered before that voting period to, to register is closed. And on that site, you also can see who's on your ballot. And then you, you at least begin to recognize some of those names. And then if you don't know them, finding out more about who they are and what they stand for, whether it's school board or county council, that, that website, the state website, has just so much valuable information. And I don't think our voters are still aware of it as much as they should or could be. And I think it will give them confidence of coming in knowing that they are registered. I, yeah, I just like the website, so I think that's a great place to start. Absolutely. And um, what's your experience been like as an election supervisor? I would say it's a very interesting job. Uh, I've worked elections on the peripheral since 2002. I've only been election supervisor since 2017. Um, once you see the side of it, you just see how well the system really does work in spite of everything we hear on the social media and TV and all that, that there's so many things that are in place that you know, a Democrat and a Republican has to be there to get a ballot or to handle a ballot. If one's printed, you need both of them. When you're signing out, you need the Democrat and the Republican. And it's just weaved in every part of the election, which I think should give both parties confidence that it's being very scrutinized on the side of the workers. And we always stress about, for one thing, you're just never alone with a ballot. Um, and it's for one thing for the integrity of the election. But I also see it as important for the staff to be protected. If you've never been alone with it, you can never be accused of something. So it, it protects both. It protects, the, again, the integrity of the election, and it protects the staff. And we do stick with that very strongly for those both reasons. Most definitely. Um, we really appreciate you walking us through what your experience has been like sort of as an election supervisor. Um, now, you know, the polls close at uh, 6 p.m., as I understand it. And I was just wondering if you could give us um, like we'll be airing the newscast at at 5 p.m. So there will still be, uh, you know, another hour after our show airs that voters could still, you know, get in line to uh, to cast their ballots. So could you just give us a, a quick rundown of what information do voters need to know before heading to the polls? OK, if they have a mail ballot that they have in their hand and they want to vote that ballot, 
obviously there's not enough time to put it in the post box and get it to us, but they can bring it into Election Central slash voter registration office. We can accept it. They will not accept it at the poll site. For one thing, that ballot needs to be to us by 6 o'clock, so it has to be at the 401 West 7th Street address. Uh, if they are going to go vote and it's 5 o'clock, make sure you really know where your poll site is and don't wait till at 6 o'clock because if you're at the wrong poll site at 5 minutes to 6, that ballot will not count because you have to be at that poll site. We're not a um, vote center county. For first-time voters, um, I've heard that some voters may look at the ballot and find a question maybe a little bit confusing or might not know very much about what's being asked there, um, especially considering when it comes to maybe a certain judge or um, a program that involves funding for schools. And uh, what kind of advice would you give to people who would look at those questions and not really know how to answer? So it really is up to them to do the research. Uh, and if they are totally confused by it, they have the option of voting for it or saying yes or no or not voting for it. Some people actually think they have to vote for everything on their ballot, but they can choose not to. And oh. the same thing with the retention questions. So it's really up to the voter to find out what they want to vote for. Oh, thank you. Um, so what's your favorite part about Election Day? It's still very bustling. There's just a lot of activity in the election board and people coming in and, and actually putting out the fires and trying to figure out why this is working or not working and what's wrong. If you have a glitch in the passcodes or um, I guess it's just a fast-moving day generally. I've had slow days, but they're actually more difficult because in the day just last forever so when it's fast and moving and, and it's great to know that this is what's happening and people do have the right to vote and they're exercising it okay well karen wheeler monroe county election supervisor thank you so much for chatting with us today all right thank you too for being patient here Up next, WFHB correspondents Cade Young and Catherine Ann Alexandria-Lewis interviewed several voters at various polling sites in Monroe County, including Election Operations, Fairview Elementary and the Indiana Memorial Union. We turn now to a series of interviews with voters on Election Day. of all, how are you feeling after casting your ballot? Uh, it was really exciting that this came around again. I've been looking forward to voting again. And why did you choose to vote on Election Day rather than voting early? I had intended to vote early, but um, this was kind of the only day that I could convince work that I would have time to come in. So this was the day I came. How do you feel about the voting process helps your voice be heard? Uh, how do I feel about the voting process that helps my voice be heard? Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I have much of an impact personally, uh, but willingness to participate in the system seems important. Uh, so I don't feel like my voice has much of an impact, 
but it's certainly better than nothing. Why do you feel though that voting is important to you to show up here today and and cast your ballot? Um, there's a lot of hmm. Uh, there's a lot of choices made, especially in in today's votes on kind of the smaller scales. There's a lot of choices. Um, rather than on the macro national scale um, that really affects myself and the people around me. Um, so that was, that was a big part of um, my connection to this. How are you feeling after casting your ballot? It was awesome. It was the best. I loved it. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. And why did you choose to vote on election day, maybe rather than voting uh, early? Honestly, it was because I didn't have time to go any earlier, so I came on my lunch hours. I see. Well, we won't keep you long. So why do you feel voting is important to you? Uh, we're a democracy republic that I think that's kind of our right and privilege to be able to choose who we have govern us. And if you don't do that, you're kind of stupid. <laughs> I see. I see. Is there anything on the ballot that you felt was um, particularly important to you? Um, I just think that, uh, for me, balancing the government is a very important thing. I mean, both sides have good and good things and negative things. And I think it's a good idea to make sure that we cleanse some of the things that have been happening every once in a while and bringing some fresh things in. So I like to try to move things around a little bit. So it's a good balance for the whole nation and not just one type of person. Um, first of all, how are you feeling after casting your ballot? I'm thrilled. Um, now, why do you feel that voting is important to you? Um, I think there's a lot going on, especially in Indiana. There are people who I don't think are working in the best interests of Indiana. I think this is a way to contribute to the community and hopefully vote in people, especially locally, that'll help do good things for Bloomington. Is there anything on the ballot that stood out to you? Mm, I don't think necessarily. I'm excited about that school thing, the funding towards schools. Yeah, that referendum yeah. here locally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, did you feel prepared to vote today? Like information on the candidates and all that stuff, was that easily available beforehand or how do you feel about that? Oh yeah, I did my own research. So I spent all morning like looking through candidates and stuff. How are you feeling after casting your ballot today? I always feel really excited after voting. Um, it makes me feel like I'm partaking in my community and, and making my voice heard. So why did you choose to vote on election day rather than voting early? I meant to vote early and I just forgot to. <laughs> um, I normally try to vote early to get it out of the way and then I didn't have time last week. So I'm here today. Why do you feel that voting is important to you? Especially in these elections, I just feel like it's important if we want to see change in our communities and in our local communities and at the national level. But um, I just feel like it's important so that we can see as voters what we want heard heard. Is there um, anything on the voting ballot that kind of uh, stood out to you? Um, I was excited to see the question about Monroe County Schools. Um, I live, I don't have kids, but I live near an elementary school and some teachers stopped by a few weeks ago to talk to me about that. Um, and I'm always interested in doing what we can for our teachers as a former educator. So um, that was certainly something interesting on the ballot this year.
And to wrap up our election day coverage, WFHB News spoke with Clem Ledbetter, a poll worker at the Indiana Memorial Union. We turn now to that conversation. Um, so can we start off? Uh, what, what's your name? Uh, I'm Clem Ledbetter. So first off, how long have you worked the polls? I've been here since 4.40ish. Um, technically, my shift started at 5. Um, so how's your experience been as a poll worker so far? Um, definitely, it's been... We weren't busy at all this morning, but definitely now, as you can see, we've been really busy. Um, lots of people coming in, which is good. It's a good type of busy. Um, and it's... Definitely easier than like my job at Kane's, that much I can say. But definitely it's it's a very nice process. I've always wanted to be a poll worker. Um, so it's very nice in that sense, definitely. So have you worked any previous elections as a poll worker uh, before? No, I'm 19. So, I mean, you're allowed to work as a poll worker at 16 or 17, but you need like an exemption from your school and it was a whole process. So like, this is my first time doing it, yes. I see, so how would you rate your first time? I mean, it's definitely fun. I plan on doing it again in the future. Um, and, I, and it's really nice to be part of the democratic process beyond voting. What do you feel like the importance of voting is? Voting is very important to make your beliefs heard in the democratic system, especially, so to speak, if there was one that was backsliding. Uh, it's very important to vote when you can. I guess just like make sure to vote and beyond voting, if if you really want vote in primaries, vote in general elections, vote in midterms, do as much research as you can. Ballotpedia is a wonderful resource to get like just all the information that you can. That's it. Up next, the latest episode of Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHP and Lil Bub's Big Fund. Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. On today's episode of Lil Bub's Lil Show, we're doing something a little different. We'll be talking about the unique bond between people experiencing homelessness and their companion animals, a concept that's often misunderstood and stigmatized. To learn more, we'll be talking to an organization doing amazing work within this field. My dog is my home. My dog is my home has done work within our own South Central Indiana community, and they are a vital resource for many folks experiencing homelessness. What you'll hear next is an interview between Mike Bradovsky of Lil Bub's Big Fund and Christine Kim, Executive Director of My Dog Is My Home. I uh, got on my computer and watched this wonderful video um, that you guys made. I think it's pretty old from 2013 about a person named Judy and her three dogs. Um, and she's been experiencing homelessness most of her life. And she talks about 
how important her dogs were to her and, and you see how well cared for these dogs are. And I think there's this misconception that people experiencing homelessness aren't entitled to have pets because the idea is that they, if they can't care for themselves, how can they care for a pet? But correct me if I'm wrong, research shows that the, these pets that are owned by people experiencing homelessness are actually incredibly well cared for. And not only that, these pets give these people hope and help them to overcome um, the circumstances in their lives. And there's a lot of success stories. So I'll let you tell us more about the organization and, and sort of the research you're doing and the work you're doing to educate people about this. Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, for looking into the story of Judy and really um, looking at the research too and that special bond between people experiencing homelessness and their animals. You're 100% right, right on the money that you know, those animals are actually really, really well cared for. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing to know is that people experiencing homelessness are actually extremely bonded to their companion animals, because in a lot of cases, their animals are the only source of unconditional love and companionship, comfort, source of support, motivation, like every positive thing you can think of that you need in life. Um, those animals provide that for people who are experiencing homelessness, who have already undergone so much trauma. And um, that's a really important part of My Dog is My Home's messaging in that we want people to know that, you know, the size of your paycheck, whether or not you have a physical home with four walls and a roof, that does not determine your ability to love and care for an animal. Yeah, and um, I, I was also reading that most times the, these people experiencing homelessness, they end up feeding their pets before they yeah. feed themselves. Yes. In fact, there's a whole book written about that by that exact name. It's called My Dog Always Eats First uh, by uh -huh. Leslie Irvin. I'm looking at it right across the room on my bookshelf. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's filled with stories of people who have so little themselves materially and whatever they do have, they prioritize the care of their animals. And so, um, you know, their dogs often eat before they do. It's amazing. And so can you tell us more about what My Dog Is My Home does and what kind of work you do to educate people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're a national nonprofit organization that uh, works to increase access to shelter and housing for people experiencing homelessness with their companion animals. Um, so there are a lot of really amazing organizations out there that do the direct service work of um, directly helping people and their animals and getting uh, the animals of people experiencing homelessness veterinary care. What distinguishes My Dog Is My Home is that we're working more so on the policy and program level to mm -hmm. make more macro level changes. And so we're not really looking to reinvent the wheel and open a shelter ourselves. Uh, what mm -hmm. we're doing is we're working with the existing emergency shelters and housing programs that primarily have a mission of serving people and really helping them through the transition of understanding animals as a part of the family unit Mm -hmm. um, understanding that accepting people and their animals together is a part of trauma-informed care, understanding that accepting animals and people together is part of person-centered care and also low-barrier care, and then really transitioning them to pet-friendly facilities so that people and their pets can stay together. Today's featured pet is also a little different. We're featuring Scott and his dog, Scout. 
The story of Scott and his dog Scout exemplifies why my dog is my home is dedicated to preserving the human-animal bond during circumstances of homelessness and to ensuring that every family, regardless of its composition, has the right to shelter and housing. Scott's journey with Scout began the moment the Labrador first opened his eyes, and Scott said to him, It's you and me, buddy. Scott would say these words to Scout every night, and they became a promise that the two kept throughout their life together. As Scott experienced homelessness for a second time, Scout served as the ultimate symbol of a light shining bright in the darkness. While Scott fought for his survival, Scout was his constant companion, helping him stay alive by reminding him that he was not alone, that he was loved, and that he mattered. Without Scout, Scott says he would not be here. He would not have recovered from addiction or homelessness, started working for the government, or begun speaking out for people and animals. Scout represented everything that home is meant to be. Love, safety, security. Scott expresses, Scout was a special, special boy. There are tens of thousands of Scouts out there that are offering people safety, security, and emotional stability, loving somebody unconditionally in the midst of trauma. That is what a perfect home would be, that we could feel safe and secure in the midst of life and all of its curveballs. He concludes, Keeping animals and people together is a way to begin and to maintain the healing process. People need to be able to stay with their light during their darkest hour. Thank you so much for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show. If you'd like to learn more about My Dog Is My Home and see a photo of Scott and Scout, be sure to check out our Instagram account at WFHB. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noelle Herr-Husky-Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Cade Young, Catherine Ann Alexandria-Lewis, and Noelle Herr-Husky-Schneider. Lil Bub's Lil Show is produced by Christine Brackenoff and Stacey Brodovsky. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and The Social Climbers. For WFHB, this is your engineer and executive producer, Cade Young. And I'm Ruth Flegman. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported independent daily news program. 
you can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for A Heavyweight, coming up next on WFHB Community Radio. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB local news volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB local news archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB local news. We are local, longer, 